Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. Lou Dobbs here. Welcome to The Great America Show. Glad you're with us as we all fight for truth, justice, and the American way. Even as we speak, President Trump has to be in New York this week to give a deposition in another case brought by a Marxist Dem attorney general. The New York State Attorney General, Letitia James, another Trump hater, a professional hater it seems, bringing another business fraud case against the president. Saying, among other things, that Mr. Trump overstated the value of some properties and assets. It is a silly case in no small part because no one was defrauded. No one lost money. It's more political persecution, and I believe the country's more than just a little tired of the Marxist Dems' harassment and persecution of President Trump. Just because Trump is the presumptive GOP nominee for 2024 and poses the biggest electoral threat to the Marxist Dems in the 24 presidential race. Letitia James wants to ban Trump as well from doing business in New York, from buying real estate in New York. Think about that. A former president and the presumptive nominee of the opposing party. Now, few businesses have been fined more than J.P. Morgan Chase. Tens of billions of dollars, in fact, for money laundering, banking violations, serious offenses. Does the attorney general also want Chase run out of New York? CEO Jamie Dimon banned? Why not? She's a tough guy, right? At least when it comes to harassing the principal opponent of Marxist Dems, none other than President Trump. Her persecution, by the way, of Trump is ugly politics, it's vicious politics, and that's it. It's actually James and all the Marxist Dems who shouldn't be allowed to do business anywhere in New York, or anywhere for that matter, in America. But she's typical of the Biden regime, representative of the Marxist Dems who've taken over the Democrat Party and most of our federal government including our military and the intelligence agencies. The military and intel leaders are in lockstep with the Biden regime, woke and weird, sanctimonious but seriously inept, dangerously distracted from their first purpose, defense of the United States, our great republic, and the American people. Seemingly too woke and hardly awake to their awesome responsibilities and duty. The Pentagon and the alphabet agencies are now caught up in a whirlwind of their own making. Leak or leaks of top-secret military intelligence on the Russian war against Ukraine, on China, and the Mideast. And some documents suggest U.S. spying on our allies as well. While the Pentagon says some of the secret documents have been doctored, others are obviously very much real because the Pentagon has also ordered a criminal investigation, and worse, those documents reportedly were on social media for weeks, undetected. And the Pentagon admits they still don't know who leaked the documents, who was involved. 
nor the political motive of whoever was involved. Our guest today is former National Security Agency intelligence analyst Russ Tice. Russ is also a whistleblower who divulged intel agency spying on American citizens nearly 20 years ago. Russ, great to have you back with us. More leaks, and once again, the Biden regime looks incompetent, inept, and given all that the country's been through with the intel agencies engaged in domestic politics, this could be yet another incidence of what seems to be a worsening trend. Your thoughts? you got to remember, Lou, that uh, 20 years ago, that uh, when ultimately when NSA started spying domestically in mass, they were they were using programs that intentionally uh, were not given the capability to have audit trails done within the system. So by doing that, uh, they were covering their tracks in case someone went in to try to find out what was going on. They were ultimately doing their dirty work in the evenings when a whole lot of folks weren't at NSA, and not too many people at NSA knew what was going on. Uh, and so, so basically, if you put if you if you design a system to have the, or in some cases they design systems uh, to have uh, flaws so that, so that we ourselves can dig in through a back door to, to gain access. But there's an awful lot of hackers in this world that are very bright that can use those same vulnerabilities that we intentionally put in software to ultimately hack into, into the same software. So it, by design, by trying to cover our own tracks by doing something nefarious, we ultimately create um, a vulnerabilities that would allow someone to um, to ultimately invade those systems. And and we have gone through a number of it's it's interesting. There have been fewer, uh, at least publicized, major hacks of government uh, networks and systems uh, in the last couple of years. But we go back to the OPM, the Office of Personnel Management hacks, what was it, 30 million uh, sets of uh, personal data uh, were, were stolen, uh, and the government didn't even know it. Do you, what do you think the reason is we don't hear about that? Have we finally figured out a way to defend those systems, those networks, those files, uh, or uh, are they simply not publicizing it? Well, ultimately, a lot of hacks, most matter of fact, most hacks are never are never mentioned in the press. Um, there are things that happen when when oh, you know, some something happens and and they say, well, it was just an outage, and they blame it on something, uh, some some sort of uh, minor uh, glitch or of something. But in fact, that outage was was the result uh, of a cyber attack. But they're trying to. Um, trying to cover their tracks or not not allow the people to know because you know, they don't want to panic for certain things, especially when it comes to the financial um, systems being hacked into or, or power grids or things that are that are um, that are very important to our infrastructure. Uh, there, there's a system there's a there's a system called SCADA that runs an awful lot of our, our industrial um, manufacturing capabilities and things like uh, 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 water treatment plants and, and all kinds of other things, and in years past, those systems have been vulnerable. And I'm quite sure we've tried to uh, to shore up those vulnerabilities. But in the case of OPM, and, and by the way, um, one of the things that we were they were taking in OPM were people in the intelligence communities 
um, security uh, uh, applications and all their all the all the security questions that you have to answer. Uh, so all the the in deep in depth personal information of people like myself and all the, all the other intel and uh, national security folks that have had clearances uh, now is now in the possession uh, up until that point of of the Chinese communists, which is not a very good thing. And it, it's your sense that there is a certainty that it was the uh, the communist Chinese who did it. Yes. The the there and again there was no retaliation that we're aware of. One of the very frustrating things about this is, of course, have the vulnerability of the systems that have, of the very government that's supposed to protect us. Uh, and a lot of questions about whether there are state actors or whether they're organized hackers, uh, but private groups. Or, or there, I guess there would be uh, hybrids like uh, the Internet Research Bureau, the Russian uh, hacking group. Uh, that has been successful and successful despite being uh, somewhat well known uh, to uh, to the Western governments. How can that be? I mean, are we just simply in a state of perpetual uh, learning uh, attack and counterattack, and simply uh, it's a cyber world in which there is no defense? Well, well. Like like a, a an active battlefield, uh, the cyber world is an active war zone. As as is space, by the way, that that our battles take place all the time. We've been fighting this for for many years now. I was more I was I, I know a little bit about the cyber war because it, it it lined into into my space business. But I know an awful lot about the space wars that have been going on, all in secret. Um, and yes, it is a continual battle. It happen, happening all the time, and it is it is like anything else where someone designs a weapon to be able to to be able to take advantage of something. Then we have to have a counter weapon to counter that. Then there's counter counter weapons developed to counter the counter weapon, and it it just gets monotonous to the point. But that battle is taking place even as we're sitting here talking on the phone. And the director of the NSA telling Congress now he's worried about TikTok. He calls it a platform for surveillance. But I I was struck by the fact that he said that because we've known for a very long time, uh, as a matter of fact, during the Trump administration, uh, the, the Trump administration made it known they did not like TikTok, wanted to take it down, as well as a number of other uh, Chinese-based uh, uh, applications and programs uh, and outlets. Uh, this being worried about TikTok as a platform for surveillance, uh, it, it seems like there's nothing but surveillance going on nonstop, uh, whether it be our government or our other governments all around the world. Your thoughts? Well, all these applications that people put on their um, their smartphones, in particular, um, how many people read the you know pages worth of uh, you know information that tells them you know how they're going how that company is going to use their information or gather certain things? I, very few people read that stuff, and, and in that they, they give away their privacy um, just so that they can have I don't know play some sort of computer game or in this case watch these silly TikTok things. Um, now it, you know people have the right to you know to do. To, if they if they want to give away their privacy or even in ignorance, I guess they're that's their right. In my opinion, uh, you know, I, I'm not really much for censorship, but I agree with President Trump that TikTok needs to be sold to a uh, to a, a to a U.S. entity 
and needs to be shored up um, so that that information can't be readily available to the uh, to the People's Republic of China. We're we're in sort of a quandary in this country, aren't we? Because we're t- we're having discussions and. Uh, debates in the public media about TikTok, and TikTok has representatives crawling all over the nation's capital lobbying for its preservation because they have 150 million customers here. It's the most popular uh, platform of its type, and we know what the issues are. It's surveillance. They have the ability to uh, take data from every single uh, opportunity, that is, uh, 150 million people, and wh- wherever they are, that's vulnerable as well. And in national security, we don't seem to have an agency or a department or a president, certainly, who says, no, this is simply a matter of national security. Shut down your lawsuits. Shut down your lobbying. And I don't care how many of you squawk. We're shutting it down because it is in the interest of national security uh, and the interest of uh, preserving our, our way of life. We have all these influencers that are they're out there with their TikTok, say TikTok signs and all this stuff. And like you mentioned, it's quite a few folks, uh, although I think a lot of them are, are too young to vote. But um, it, it, yes, it needs, to, it needs to be that avenue of... Uh, uh, where the Chinese are able to to use it as an intelligence mechanism needs to be shut down, uh, and and both both sides of the fence or, or the aisles, Democrat Republicans, I think a lot of them are starting to understand that. I understand it, I, I think so. But I, at the same time, the fact that it ha- it's a process instead of an instant reflex that out of both concerns for national security, uh, our, uh, the security of Americans, uh, American citizens, uh, it should be, it seems to me, to be a reflex. Uh, they know the threats, they know what is real, and they know what uh, the prospects are for what will happen to this country if we permit this. It's the same thing as with Huawei and uh, ZTE and any number of other Chinese companies, uh, all of them with one purpose uh, in terms of their government uh, and the CCP and the PLA, that is to spy on America and to absorb as much of our technology and intellectual property as possible. I want to turn to space, though, because this fascinates me. It always has. But your your judgment on the level of combat uh, in space, uh, it may not be kinetic, but it is combat. It is positioning. It's strategy. It is uh, extraordinary what we're watching. Amongst those was uh, lasers, uh, blue-green lasers coming down over Hawaii during the uh, spy balloon incident. Uh, lasers from, from space uh, bathing Hawaii. Uh, from a Chinese satellite, your thoughts about that, and and is it going, or is it likely they'll go too far? Well, Lou, you're getting into a field where I have to be very careful what I say. Um, uh, one of the fields that I was very interested in, and that I studied and worked with, was the laser capabilities, um, as well as all every from from light to uh, to the bottom of the spectrum. Um, Laser lasers are are something that's happening in space, um, and it's a, a mechanism to potentially um, uh, take out a satellite. Um, so I can I can tell you that that lasers are very important in in, in the battle that's happening in space right now. So they're being used, um, 
by both sides, and um, it's 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 the well, it's not it's not the newest weapon, but it's uh, it's been around for a little while. But that that battle is happening all the time, Lou, um, and it's um, and, you know it's something that I think uh, President Trump realized that he must have had the right briefings because when he set up uh, the um, space command, I mean the the separate service of space force. Uh, I was I was cheering that, except for the fact that he didn't make it a purple service. He made it under the Air Force. But um, I, I think everyone everyone's laughing at that. You know, everyone, everyone's making jokes about you know uh, President Trump. Uh, you know, wanted to join the join the space cadets or something. But it, it is it is truly um, it is truly something that has to be dealt with. And capabilities in space can be very pernicious, uh, and people. They need to understand that, that we, we need to fight that battle in space. We need to fight the battle. We also are fighting, uh, we're also, of course, DARPA and every other part of the military industrial complex of this country, one hopes, uh, is working on uh, advanced lasers. The Chinese uh, are rumored uh, and in some cases reported to have highly advanced weaponized lasers. Uh, do you sense that there is uh, a parity between China uh, and the CCP, uh, Communist China, uh, uh, in the in the area of laser weaponry? Hmm. Um, I would say we still have the advantage there. Um, I'm certainly hoping. Now, you know, got to realize I I've been out of the business for a little while. Um, but I mean, there there are issues that come with, especially putting things in space like lasers, because you have to generate an an awful lot of power to do so. So um, basically, you either have to put a nuclear reactor in orbit, or you have to have one hell of a whole lot of uh, uh, solar panels to be able to generate that kind of uh, energy. Uh, even if you tried to use mirrors, uh, there's so many kind of atmospherics that uh, they're involved as far as you know trying to bounce something that. It makes that almost impractical, but um, but these challenges are being worked on, and um, especially when it comes to space to space um, capabilities, it's a it's a lot less of a problem when you have to go to and fro the atmosphere. Space to space, you're talking about primarily uh, contesting uh, each each power's uh, satellites, uh, low Earth orbit. Uh, what are you speaking about there? Well, space to space means you know if 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 you put something in in space uh, designed to go after something else in space, so it's sort of like um, you know I, I send up my space troops to to fight the other folks' uh, space troops. Um, in this case, you know, put up something to take out a satellite. Now you mentioned that the uh, you know kinetics or you know is is not an issue. Well, that's 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 old school because uh, we've we had. Um, uh, an anti-space, an anti-satellite mission, miss, missile back in the back in the 80s. Um, it, would, it was launched from an F-15, uh, and since then, that system or that program, I think, has been uh, has been um, uh, disbanded. But um, the the we we've seen in the press that the Russians and the Chinese have since uh, tested their own kinetic capabilities basically being able to to put something next to another satellite and and explode a bunch of uh you know uh, ball bearings or something to take out uh, another satellite 
Uh, now, it also, that causes a problem because it creates an awful lot of space junk in our, in our orbits. And it's, it's just not low orbits. This can be done, uh, there's different types of orbits, as I'm pretty sure you know. There's, the, mm-hmm. there's the, the geo orbits, which are the ones that follow the track of the Earth. The geo orbits, which are designed these days to, to have communications in the northern hemisphere. And the polar, which are uh, the ones that, uh, that a lot of our spy satellites do that for, for cameras electro-opticals, but, and, and also the, we have the MEO orbits, the medium, uh, the medium-high orbits that we use our uh, GPS uh, satellites for. So any one, of, any one of those orbits could have um, something floating around to try to take out that system. Now, it, it's not just the kinetic, it could be an electro, electromagnetic pulse that could be a problem where you just fry the systems with, uh, you know, by, uh, like turning up the volume, basically, and then we have we have some systems that are designed that are that we call it hardening. So we harden those systems, but in the commercial world and and our military relies a whole lot on commercial satellites as well. The, those systems, it's expensive to harden a satellite. In most cases, commercial satellites are not hardened. Well, that's uh, that's sobering, and I think everyone is aware that the GPS is a highly vulnerable. Uh, uh, you know, system as well uh, that uh, the military has its own GPS uh, systems, but t- for the rest of the world, I mean, th- we are in a vulnerable state now because of space, uh, uh, the potential of combat uh, in in space. Uh, and by the way, uh, now with lasers reaching all the way to the moon. Uh, and and some trying to create that as a staking a claim to fire a laser to the moon, uh, I guess, and, and uh, you know, etch your initials in it. It gets to be quite interesting. Elon Musk, with all of his Starlink satellites, and I don't know how many thousand he has up, but I know that it's it's a huge number. Uh, everyone is talking about space junk, as you just mentioned. Uh, and some of it came roaring to Earth here in the last uh, few weeks, uh, getting everyone's attention because of the bright lights and all that uh, was witnessed across uh, much of the, uh, North America. Uh, your thoughts about the, that issue, and I realize we're far far afield from the surveillance state, but I want to just get this question into you to get just your thinking on it because you know so much about it. Well, and anytime you design a satellite, um, at some point you're going to lose the capability to control that satellite. There's um, there's there's uh, a fuel called hydrazine that we use a lot to to control a maneuver a satellite. But and when that fuel source runs out, you you kind of lose the ability. There's there's gyroscopes and there's um, reaction wheels that are all designed to keep what what's called the attitude of that satellite where it needs to be. Anytime someone says, I'm going to move the satellite or I'm going to move this or that or whatever, that takes energy from the satellite to, to blow these little jets on the hydrazine to move it here or there or, or change its, uh, its, its attitude or uh, angle of attack on something. And, and basically, you're, you're, you're killing the shelf life of that satellite if you keep doing a whole lot of those maneuvers. So ultimately... Um, you, at the end of the at the end of the day, at, when that satellite is ending its lifespan, and you know that you won't have that capability, you're supposed to leave enough uh, uh, juice in the satellite to be able to to send that thing into a higher orbit, um, 
where, where it won't come back to space or it won't come back to Earth and, and say, you know, a thousand years, or it, it, more likely to intentionally um, uh, send that thing in, into the atmosphere uh, to a, so it'll burn up. Um, and hopefully, if there's anything left of it, land in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, sufficient controlled reentry to avoid at least, hopefully, populated areas. So let's Correct. turn to the surveillance state. Uh, the GOP very upset with the Department of Justice, the trust issue on FISA reauthorization. Uh, Garland pointing to China. Suddenly, China is noticed by this uh, Biden regime. Uh, only when they see some threat to their spy powers. Uh, your thoughts about the, the the issue of reauthorization of FISA uh, by the Congress and Senate? Well, that's we that was the reauthorization under the ninth or the two thousand eight uh, FISA Amendment Act. That was where so that's how we get seven oh two. And that's what they they want to um, to ultimately uh, was it every four or five years I think they have to to renew it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's being abused, and it, you know, as an explanation as to you know why we have to have this thing. So basically, we're using China as the boogeyman to 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 use Section Two to spy domestically on American people. Um, it's it's foolish to me. Um, that that has to be uh, removed. Actually, the whole FISA court, in my opinion, is uh, is worthless. But um, well, it's certainly it, been it's a rubber. It's been a rubber stamp. I, it has been markedly abused, uh, as we've learned from the investigations of what uh, the Justice Department, FBI, and intelligence agencies did to President Trump throughout their what is now seven years of political persecution. I see no basis on earth, and I listened to some of the fatuous establishment uh, chairs of various committees, uh, and I'm not going to name names, but uh, to suggest that, you know, this has got to be done, it should be automatic, and uh, you're not patriotic if you don't uh, go along with it. Uh, This is reckless. It's stupid. We've learned, and what we've learned is that this uh, FISA court is dangerous indeed. uh, By the time you get through with the 702 and the various sections of that act, Let's just tear it all up and start again, because it, it's, it is just disgusting what the NSA and other agencies have done uh, in this to create this new surveillance state. Your thoughts? Well, for, for the longest time, and still to this day, the, the, the interpretation of some of these things is, is secret just to know how they interpret how they're going to use uh, the, the section uh, two fifteen under the Patriot Act, or or two or seven o two under the Feisman Amendment Act, or Executive Order one two three three three, you know, which is which is another one that the that they're using to spy domestically on American citizens. So they try to keep this thing uh, as esoteric as possible um, to, to make sure that no one knows what's going on. Now we know from Edward Snowden that. Um, the, the the FISA court did the rubber stamp on a on a generic general warrant to to access all of Verizon's uh, customers domestically. So um, of course you know that's what I've been saying for many years. So I have to thank Mr. Snowden for for um, confirming with NSA's own documents 
that this has been going on, which ultimately is why they want uh, Mr. Snowden's head on a platter so badly. But um, they do want his head on a platter, and they and they don't always acknowledge, as they say, make those uh, uh, insinuations that they want his head on a platter. They don't always say exactly why uh, his revelations uh, warrant some of the, uh, I, I would call it, energy that they want to put behind returning him. But also Julian Assange, uh, who has been, uh, I, I think it, it's a travesty that what has happened to the man uh, that the United States has not been able to come to terms and say to the American people, what is the deal here? There's something going on with Julian Assange that we're not being told. Uh, and so much is involved uh, concerning WikiLeaks, uh, the documents and the information and the data that has been posted in WikiLeaks and their uh, affiliated uh, websites. Uh, we are at a point in this country where we have got to re return, it seems to me, Russ, to a, to a transparent society where we talk openly. Of There are some things, of, of course, that have to be secret. But the failings and uh, the issues of violating our rights under the Constitution, that's a, that's a reach well too far for, to suit my uh, judgment of what America is all about. Of course, that's correct. Um, as far as uh, Mr. Assange, um, he basically gave an avenue for people to, um, to put information out to the world about the abuses and the illegalities and the unconstitutional acts that are, that are taking place in our country. My gosh, um, the government can't allow that to happen <laughs> because all of a sudden the people will be aware of how corrupt um, that these uh, the, our, our government is. Um, so they had to come after him and shut that, and shut that avenue down. Um, so... And it's interesting that he, he's a citizen of Australia, if I recall. He's not an American citizen. Ultimately, they had to shut him down. You just can't have um, people with the ability to to um, to up jump over over the uh, the supposed oversight internal oversights in their in their organizations, which, by the way, are only designed to put a rope around their neck and make sure that the the management knows that they have a problem with someone. You know, I hate to see. Uh... Uh, the man in the situation that he is, because what he was doing is something that I think should be heartfelt uh, for every American, and that is putting information uh, before the American people. Uh, you know, we've you remember Daniel Ellsberg in 19, I guess it was 1970, 71, uh, with the Pentagon Papers, when we found out all of the corruption that had uh, had been the U.S. Uh, relationship in uh, Vietnam over two decades uh, to find out what we did at that point about that war meant that that war had to end. Uh, it was a corrupt war. It was an evil war. And uh, the people who conducted it were, I, I, to me, there's just no excuse for what they did. Uh, and so many lives lost, particularly American. Yes, I'm parochial. Uh, so many American lives lost in that fi in that fight. Your thoughts? Uh, well, since I became a whistleblower myself, I've actually become friends with uh, with uh, Mr. Elberg. Um, uh, okay. So, uh, I, I actually I've spent time at I, one night. I spent the night at his, at his home uh, when I was going to give a speech uh, at uh, a university in San Francisco. But uh, and and I've spent 
hours with him talking about these issues. Um, me, me and him are on opposite sides of the spectrum. He's, he's kind of a liberal fella, and I'm more on the conservative side. But we both agree uh, that um, that we need to have uh, mechanisms where, I mean, we're getting into a, a war where we're having spending billions and trillions of dollars and having our young men come come back with their legs and arms blown off uh, for 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 an idiotic reason uh, in most cases just so that the war the warmongers can make uh, outrageous profits that um, this is something that the left and the right I think can come together on it's although these days we're seeing we're seeing the the Democrats cheering for 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 yeah. war with the uh, you know, in Ukraine and other places. So you, you know, some of these people, the same hippies that were marching in the 60s, which I find to be very ironic. But um, it's ironic and it's also tragic because the the Marxist Dems, the communist Dems, as they become, are totalitarian. Uh, they want conformity. Uh, they do not want freedom of expression. They want to shut down free speech. They want to shut down opposing views. They want conformity. They want unanimity. Uh, and they will not tolerate uh, dissenting voices, which in this case, the dissenting voices are more than half the American people. Uh, and it's a it's a difficult time. But uh, you offer some hope here, Russ, when you mentioned that the left and the right, conservatives and liberals, should be able to come together, certainly, over both the national interest and the insistence uh, that uh, our government honor the public's right to know. And we thank you, Russ, for uh, doing all that you've done for uh, honoring that right uh, and at great personal cost to you. Uh, Russ, we'll continue this conversation. Uh, I hope uh, next week will be convenient to you. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy them. The audience enjoys it. Uh, we learn much, and I thank you, my friend. I certainly look forward to that, Lou. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Russ Tice rejoins us next week as we continue to examine why these Pentagon leaks occurred, why they're still happening a decade after Edward Snowden, and what have we learned from it all. Next week, right here on The Great America Show, our guest tomorrow is Joe McBride, attorney for a number of the January 6th defendants on the outrage of the Biden regime still holding many Americans as political prisoners. That's here tomorrow. Please join us. Till then, God bless you. And God bless America.